jokes are kind of like magic tricks mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. TikTok, my friends. <laughs> I only know one emotion, and it's just angry. You're right, a yeah. houseplant. <laughs> Sit there, shut the fuck up. Somebody's gotta go. Somebody's gotta go. <laughs> Somebody's gotta go. <laughs> so, like, once it comes out on Netflix. If it comes out on Netflix. If it comes out. Who knows? Who okay. knows? Cut Got the it. check. <laughs> Real quick, before we get into this episode, I did want to mention that there is explicit language throughout the interview. So just be aware of that. All right. Enjoy the show. What was the business of comedy pre-YouTube? Like, how, what is the business of comedy? Okay. So business of comedy pre-YouTube was you, you go around, you tour, you do these kind of like weekends, right? At these comedy clubs. And a lot of times those people might not even know who you are. There was a time where like you could get people out to a comedy club because you were in a commercial. Like there were just so few famous people. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like back in the day, really, there was like a handful of them. Right. So if you were like in a TV show, maybe for a couple episodes, people are like, oh, yeah, that guy was in Sopranos for like three episodes. Like, let's go see him this weekend. And now it's changed, you know, monumentally. I mean, you guys probably have been part of this as well. Like you guys are famous within your niche. Right. right? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm sure you've experienced like you'll be at like Starbucks or something like that. And somebody will walk up to you like, holy shit, Colin is in there. And then everybody else in the Starbucks is like, who the fuck are those guys? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that is new fame. Right. Yeah. Right? Because It's actually a really comfortable type of fame. Because well. you can walk around yeah. and be normal, yeah. but you still get that pat on the back like you're doing yeah. something good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's the perfect mm-hmm. version of it. Why are we finding this? <laughs> so so basically what happened was is like as a comic, you tried to get like a half hour special on Comedy Central and then maybe like an hour special on HBO. That when, was like the premium. When you're doing the comedy clubs, are you getting paid to do that? Or you get a cut yeah. of the tickets? Like, how does that? So like, before you have like a door deal, you get like a flat rate for the weekend. Got it. And they would often like paper the room. Paper the room means they just hand out tickets. But they're like cold calling you big. Hey, we got this comic from the Chappelle show or something coming. Like people show up. And you probably get like $2,000 a weekend. And you like fly yourself out there. And so like that. it's not that bad. That's, not, that's yeah. not bad. You can grind away. Yeah. You know, you do 50 weekends, which is a lot, but you're making a hundred thousand dollars, you yeah. know, you're traveling the world. It's, it's great staying at these shitty comedy sure. condos, but it's, yeah. it's like the dream. It's awesome. And then as the internet introduced itself and as like, uh, I guess like streaming popularity started to increase the visibility of certain people, podcasting, of course, like Rogan and Rogan putting other people on like there, there was just way more draws. Mm-hmm. And then you could go from getting a guarantee in a weekend to a percentage of the door. And that changed the game. So people started going, fuck, I can make all this money doing the thing I love instead of having to like be an actor or something. Cause comics, most of us don't want to be actors. I hate mm-hmm. acting. It's a chore. It's the worst. And I'm bad at it. I used to hate it and I thought it was good. And that's like a really fun position to be in because you're like, I don't want to do this, but I could, but I'm bad. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really bad. <laughs> okay, so it's bad. like awesome that podcasting is here. I only know one emotion and it's just angry. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it's just whatever the line <laughs> is. I'm like, Why you, I love you. They're like, easy. Wife. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, it, Cause it's the only like, like back off with the love. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. It's aggressive. Yeah. Right. But it's like anger is the only uh, emotion that we can like all replicate instantaneously. Yeah. Mm. Like you can't, I think somebody said this. I don't know who said it, but like you can pretend to be angry. You can pretend to be sad. You can't pretend to be funny. It's mm. good. I like that. You know, yeah, like, yeah, how do true. you pretend to be funny? Yeah. You either got it it's or you don't binary. got it. pretty binary. Yeah. 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 And it, with acting, it's even more difficult because like as an actor being funny, you're trying to not be funny. Like you watch The Office. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Carell is never trying to be funny. Right. That's why it's hilarious. He's just being dumb. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Being a great actor is being dumb. Mm. If you're great at being dumb, you could be a great actor. Interesting. I know that sounds yeah, like that. yeah, that's good. But like him, like Will Ferrell, yeah. they believe that they are these people and everything they're saying is like real. Whereas comedy, it's like you you know you're being funny. Yeah. And you're trying to be funny. It's like why Chris Rock is hilarious in stand-up, but like acting is just weird. He's still trying to be funny right. as a character. Mm. Anyway. So when you're doing these clubs, is that the natural progression? You then get opportunities to act. Yeah, but like, like who makes these decisions at that time, especially yeah. for like Comedy Central and HBO, like during that pre-YouTube era, like there's a specific person who's like, I will put you on Comedy yeah, Central. Yeah, there's like tastemakers yeah, and there's like saying. festivals. And like, if you're at this festival and the right people see you at the festival, then you might get these opportunities, et cetera. And then YouTube killed all that. I kind of saw this happening early, right? But like, essentially like the, the comedy festival, the idea was like, you just get all these talented comedians in one place and then all the agents and everybody producers can go there and then we can see everybody. And then once I saw YouTube, I was like, why would I fly to Montreal when I could just go on YouTube? And, and I just, think even more so, it's like, is it up to the agents and producers if you're funny or is it up to the masses? It's, it's often not even about being funny. It's like, what is popular? What is necessary? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, did a lot of Asians get beat up this month? Okay, we need to have some Asian stuff come out. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, which is good. Like, sure, yeah. sure. we need to, hey, Fox is like, get an Asian show out. Yeah. We don't hate right. Asians, you know? Yeah, and yeah. then like, that's where you got to capitalize. Not you. Yeah. But you got to capitalize. No, but me too. Do they know I'm you so have an Asian guy on your team named Tiger? <laughs> Tiger. Oh, stop Tyga. it. Yeah, Tiger. Stop it. Cut yeah. it out, dude. Is that your real name? That's my real name. Yeah. Yeah, so you cut it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you How real? It's real. It's, it's like 100%. It's 100%. Like, it it's 100%. River in Japanese. Oh, it's like actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All I right. Mean, my Asian name. Yeah. We're diverse. I respect yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. We, it means big river. Yeah. It's kind of silly. Okay. Yeah, that I didn't know. Like, yeah. Yeah. Know yeah. It's silly. Okay. But my last name is like a mountain of fortune. So it's like a river. I didn't ask. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Now you're taking liberties. Yeah. 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 Dude. Yeah. We get it. Okay. You got meaningful names. I'm Andrew. It means nothing. <laughs> Maybe white people do that to just cut this conversation out. Right. Like, what does Samir mean? Well, my brother's name is Sahil. Uh huh. Put together, it's Ocean Breeze. Ocean Breeze. Are you yeah. Ocean or Breeze? I'm Breeze. He's Ocean. Oh, they cared more about you, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. I was second. Yeah, yeah that's I'm the second. truth right yeah, there yeah, in the yeah, family. I'm breeze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could deal without a breeze, but not yeah, without the yeah, ocean. Yeah. <laughs> and then Colin, right? Yeah, my mom got it out of a book. Exactly. Yeah, it just nothing. ends there. Right. It's an Irish name, right? I'm There's not no Irish. Breeze. This is something white people have figured out. Pleasantries just go away. Mm. We don't need all the meaning and everything like sure. that. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. Colin, he's probably Irish. I could give a fuck. I'm not <laughs> Irish. Exactly. I don't care. You're white. Yeah. It, doesn't yeah, it doesn't matter. matter. Bro, right. if you're white, once you get to America, your past means nothing. Yeah. yeah. Unless you're Italian. And then it still does, but they make a big deal. My last right. name is Rosenblum. So it's like Irish, are Jewish. You, are you Jewish? I'm half Jewish. Colin and Jewish. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Now it's getting a little interesting. Like my name could be like Christian Rosenblum at this point. Ooh. Right? Like it's ridiculous. That might be the most Jewish. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, Jesus was... Oh, you're right. Ah, oh, true, true, true. Yeah, yeah. Good okay, call. okay. That's what we brought What'd you here. What do you think about so Maybe I need a rebrand. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you do. Okay. Yes, you do. I'll think about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> think deep. How old are you? 33. 33. I mean, that was when he did it. Okay. It's time, <laughs> it's I mean, time to rebrand. Time to <laughs> you don't have it. Dude. <laughs> TikTok, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so where were we? Uh, YouTube. The comedy. Of comedy. Yes. Yeah. Everybody's trying to get like comedy specials. So you basically like hoard your material 
hope to get the opportunity to have a special. And if people see your special, then you can maybe uh, go tour and have like a lavish, crazy tour or become like a theater act, etc. The other way to do it was get a job in Hollywood acting for a sitcom or something like that, and then turn that into selling tickets on the road. And then the later iteration, my generation, there were these like weekly shows that would pop up on like MTV and VH1, like best of the nineties, yeah, yeah. best week ever, yeah, yeah, yeah. guy code, girl code yep. was the ones mm-hmm. out of it. And they're essentially like uh, what I call them like laundry shows. So it's like passive viewing. This is kind of mm-hmm, what a lot mm-hmm. of YouTube content is, you know, mm-hmm, put on the podcast right. two hours is there, yeah. but you're folding clothes, et cetera. And, um, I looked at all the comics that like were getting up in the comedy clubs when I was younger. And I was like, Oh, all those guys are on these shows. And I was like, why? Ah, they're offering something to the comedy club. Like people are familiar with them. They see them on TV. Maybe they'll come out. And I was like, I need to get into the comedy club so I can work on my material and I can be like a really good comic. And it's reps at the end of the day. How can I put in the hours? Mm -hmm. So that was my initial play. And then the game changed a bit. The circumstances changed. What changed? The industry in standup didn't really want to allow me to do standup. But allow is stupid. Give right. me an opportunity to do stand up. What the do you gate- mean by that? Yeah, who are the gatekeepers there? I don't know. A bunch of sluts. <laughs> okay. uh, no, no. I'm yeah. just, <laughs> but I like, you can't get do. up in the comedy cellar or the improv. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I tease. They yeah. could be nice people. Uh, I don't even know yeah, if they're sluts at all. They could be. Sure. But no, they're basically different people in the industry and and they, I guess, had an idea of what the comedy should be right there. And there wasn't much pressure on them to deliver like numbers because nobody was really watching standup. Like standup wasn't paying the bills. Yeah. You know, like when you have a certain network that has to deliver, right? Like if you're, what's the network that the, 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 the prank show with the guys from Staten Island is, it's it's awesome. I love these guys. I can't play true true TV, right? Like Mm -hmm. they pay the bills on that network. I think they actually get a piece of all the advertising on the whole network. Oh, wow. Right. So like, yeah. that's what was paying the bills. Got it. And with comedy central, it was probably Chappelle show or, um, uh, I don't know what are uh, Tosh point South, South, yeah, yeah. South park, yeah, like yeah, all yeah. these mm-hmm. things. Right. Like, so they were paying the bills yeah. and, um, com- so they'd throw comedy on at like fucking midnight mm-hmm. and it was like, okay, nobody's watching that shit. doesn't mean anything, but they weren't under pressure to deliver. So they didn't really want to like, let me get on. There was different opportunities that like, it became like really clear. Like, uh, I mean, like super clear, like there was a show the comedy seller was doing and they just, the comedy seller would put me on every time to record and they would just cut me out of the show every time. And the seller would be like, why are you cutting me out of the show? Like what's going on? Oh, decisions, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, fuck these guys. So I couldn't really get into the traditional standup industry. So I had to kind of like figure out another way. And I was already kind of dabbling in the YouTube space. I've been doing the podcast with Charlemagne and I've been seeing like all the people that are actually like selling tickets on the road had like podcasts and like YouTube presence. I was like, okay, there's a shift going on here. What's going on? And I remember I was at my uncle's uh, house and I asked his uh, son, he was a kid. He was like nine years old. And I asked him to put on the NFL playoffs. And I said, uh, he goes, what channel is it on? I go, ABC. And he goes, what channel is that? Hmm. And I was like, oh, it's over. Like in that moment, I was like, it's over. And it, I, I literally like stood there for a second. I was like, oh, I got to rethink everything. It, it, TV's done. These kids don't even watch TV. It means nothing to them. They're somewhere else. Oh, he's on YouTube. He has his own YouTube page. He's nine years old, uploading videos. Like the game has completely changed. 
and I need to understand this new game and nobody else is even trying to understand it because you get so indoctrinated in like the success model of your business. Mm -hmm. You go like, I'm a comedian. I must have a sitcom. I must do what Jerry Seinfeld did. I must have specials. Right. And I knew that everybody was flowing in that direction. So I was like, holy shit, if I can figure out this new thing, I'm going to be like the first person in that space. Like this can like really Mm -hmm. work out. This is where everybody is going to be. It's the most accessible in that moment, yeah. how are you making money? Because I, I know you were in some of those shows on MTV, yeah, right? But is this after that? I had like, I was in a sitcom, you know, I uh, had other acting stuff. I was doing a podcast with Charlemagne, so I was making money from that. And then I was doing the road. I was always like a comic that was working the road. Okay. Like even from like maybe three years in my career. So I'd always been able to like make a living. I wasn't really worried about that. And I could take certain chances, maybe somebody in my shoes, like, uh, that, that didn't have those other streams of income could have. So I was able to just go, yeah. okay, I don't need to chase this. But success wise in your eyes, you're like, I'm not doing what I want to do. Yet. Yeah. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I didn't, even now I don't feel like I am, you know, like yeah. even now, like I think you always kind of move the goal, right? Like once you achieve something, you're like, okay, there's, there's more to be achieved. Mm-hmm. When you first started uploading to YouTube, yeah. were any of your peers like, yo, what are you doing? Yeah. All the, everyone was like, thought I was an idiot. That's dumb. And I would tell them and I'd be like, this is it. Like it, it was Instagram and YouTube. I remember like the first video that went viral. It was a, um, it was a joke about how like, uh, uh, the food is better in countries where the women have less rights. And, <laughs> and, and, and it went viral on Super Bowl Sunday. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. That like all these people could be posting about the Super Bowl. And they're like, post it was on Reddit. And I was like, well, this is cool. And then I just started posting a clip every single week for a year. Do you find that like Comedy Cellar not putting you up on Comedy Central? Was it because of the subject matter of your jokes? Well, did they feel like it was too far at any point? And then in contrast, that clip, like, is there, was there a yeah, like, connection between yeah. that? Of course. Yeah. I think, I think Cellar wanted me up. The, just to Got make it. sure we know, but the Comedy Central is the one giving pushback. But absolutely, yeah, they were putting this version of stand-up out there that just wasn't that funny. Mm. And it was just like super cookie cutter, very polite, very kind of like um, woke, not ruffling any feathers. And I just always found things funnier that were a little bit maybe darker, twisted, devil's advocate Like what's the worst thing that I can defend in a comedic way? Mm. And uh, at the end of the day, I think most people find those things funny. Maybe they don't want to admit it in public, but in private, they're going to laugh. You know, what led you to that side of comedy? Like, did you watch a certain comedian growing up that, that did that type of thing? Really? I I just think I always thought that that was just what was funny, man. It was just like, it's like a cool fun, almost like intellectual exercise. Like how do I defend this? You Mm -hmm. know? And I also would see like growing up in New York, you see like a bunch of different people, but you see a lot of people like pretending to be the person that they wish they were. Right. And I think that's a lot of like the, like we give a lot of pushback on like woke culture, but I think like being woke in certain circumstances makes sense. Like you're just sure. trying to be like kind. Yeah. You don't yeah want to it's be, like being empathetic, understanding, yeah. literally like, is like that. considering someone else's feelings. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Like we should do that. Right. You know, it's like, it, it's when that becomes an extreme thing where, and I, this is on both sides, but like when it becomes extreme, it starts to lose all that value because it's almost condescending. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm going to protect you so much that you're, you're an infant. You can't do anything to protect yourself. Well, like, I'm going to decide beforehand that you're offended by this joke. Well, the protection yeah. becomes a part of their identity, right? Like, uh, like I'm protecting uh, you for me. Yeah. It's like, yes, not it's selfish. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. remove the tolerance. The cool thing about tolerance is that like you're giving other people potential opportunities. 
right? Mm-hmm. And if it goes so far as that you're just giving yourself the opportunity or at least giving yourself like the, 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 the pat on the back, the satisfaction, like, ah, it's just garbage. Like once I yeah. see that you're being fake, I like to take it away from you. Like if I know that you're being fraudulent about something that I want to make the argument for uh, the opposing view right. and I just want you to sit there and crumble. Mm-hmm. And that was fun. So that clip going viral, yeah. was there like excitement? How did you feel about that? Was that a moment of like, oh shit, this could work? And was there pushback as well from people being like, ah, that guy's, that's too far. That joke's not funny. It's a good question. Um, I always knew it could work and I always knew that that's where the people were. And I just wanted to be where the people were. And I had like a self-reflection where I was like, I don't really want a sitcom per se. Like I did these things. Like I was leading a sitcom. I was in a fucking movie. I was doing these things. And I was like, I'm just doing this because I think that that's what I should do. You know, like a lot of people get married at 23 because they're like, that's what, not, 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 not everyone. But, uh, but like a lot, they're just like, that's what I should do. And then like 33, they're like, fuck, why'd I do that? Oh, that's just what everybody in my town did. And that's what, you know, was normal, but it's not necessarily what I wanted. And I think that being like removed from certain opportunities, I got to actually realize what I truly want to do. And then I was like, I'll fight for that. I'll work as hard as I can to fight for that. And just starting to like post and, you know, seeing this stuff on YouTube and seeing it get like this good reaction and like Instagram as well. And just like finding little things like subtitling a clip. Sure. Like mm-hmm. just little hacks. It was like. But did you have to start treating your jokes as almost less precious because mm. you were putting them out on a more consistent basis? And you were, you were talking about at the top of the show that, yeah. you know, once that's out, it's like a magic trick. Now everyone knows that one. So basically I would say like people will maybe give me a lot of credit for kind of like transitioning stand up to like social media, like YouTube, Instagram, this kind of stuff. Um, I wasn't the first person to ever put an Instagram clip up, not the first person to put a clip up on YouTube. Maybe they saw my success, like really only coming from that part of the internet and going, Oh wow, there's freedom for me as well. Like I can also replicate this thing. Um, I would say my effect on comedy and how it will be different. Like from now on would be, we are less precious about our material. Mm-hmm. So before yeah. that, it was, I never share anything. I'm hoarding all the material and for my special, then I'll release it. Now we look at our material as our greatest marketing tool. A great joke for me is something that can get people at comedy clubs or theaters or arenas, right? So I'm going to utilize the best marketing tool that I have, which is my humor. Fuck being an actor so I can be a comedian. Right. I'm going to be a comedian so I can be a comedian. But it's the pace then of like writing new material just you gotta be way good. more intense. You got to be good. You got to be good. It separates the, the, yeah, the men from the boys, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, realistically, I like, I, I you know, I put a lot of like uh, crowd work and stuff mm-hmm. out there and it's not because like when I go and do my, my show on the road, I have like an hour of jokes and mm-hmm. then I also fuck around with the crowd, but the crowd is something, the crowd work is something I can give away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give away singular, the jokes. Yeah. Jokes yeah. take six months to make. I can't give it away in its infancy. You know, yeah, and even your podcasts are that way, right? Like they're natural jokes that are coming yes. in the moment, and you're just giving that away. Yes, right. yeah, so it's, it's definitely improv. beneficial for people who like can create quickly, create on the fly, are witty, and also are, you know can grind. And the guys that used to be doing the same set for two decades, and there are these guys, they just can't exist in this environment anymore. They just, it just, yeah, they so just can't. That success, as you start doubling down on posting clips on YouTube, does that lead to, what does that lead to? Is that more butts and seats on tour? Yeah. Is that, is that I mean, I put out my first like a uh, special, right? It was called 441. I just basically did like these four comedy clubs in one night in New York. And it was like, what is the experience of a New York comic? And 
the weekend after I put it out, I sold out a comedy club in San Diego. And I thought it was kind of like a coincidence. I was like, ah, this is, maybe I'm bigger yeah. in San Diego mm-hmm. than I realized and blah, blah, blah. And then the next weekend I went to Columbus and I sold out a club and I was like, the fuck is going on? You're like, I'm definitely not big in Columbus. <laughs> yeah, I knew I wasn't big. It was yeah. like a tough market. And yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, no one's big in Columbus. Exactly. And it was like, next one, I, it was another one and like just kept kind of building. And I was like, holy shit, is this because of the YouTube special? And what I realized is like, people only know you for what you give them. Before that, yeah. people maybe knew me from TV, right? Mm. Doing comedic things on TV. Maybe they knew me from a podcast, but they didn't know that I did stand up at a high level mm. until I showed them. Mm. So me, I'm just thinking in this old model, which is you see me on TV. You must come see me when I'm in Columbus. Why would I put on clothes, get a babysitter, do all these things if I wasn't 100% sure this guy's funny? Like, that's a big investment, right? right? It's like, yeah. I'm not going to a restaurant without going on Yelp, right? I need the review before I go out there and dedicate my night to you. And then once I start realizing, yo, you just show them that you're good, that's way less of a risk. And then they show it to their friends. All their friends go, well, yeah, this guy looks funny. Now you're not the asshole that dragged them to an unfunny comedy show. They thought that you were funny and they also were in. It reduces all pressure. Was there any pushback though of like, like you're calling this a special, but it's on YouTube. I called it an experience. Okay. I use the word experience and, um, one, because it wasn't traditional and that like it was four different clubs. Yeah. But also two, it was, it wasn't that long. It was like 15 minutes or something like that. Like I was just like, let me just call this an experience. And, um, as far as pushback goes, no, I don't think that there was just because it wasn't on like a network. Yeah. So you had the podcast with Charlemagne, you had your own YouTube channel. When did it go from those two things to more shows and more shows? And more? Shows? It was just, it was just putting out the standup, man. It was putting out standup. And like the beautiful thing about YouTube and just social media is like the algorithm is, is your marketing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you don't need billboards. The algorithm is the billboard. Like everything you guys click on in a day is going to drive other stuff to you. So yep. I put out all this stuff and like a lot of this, a lot of things that happen to me are, are incredibly lucky, right? Like, and just serendipitous, but like I put out all these clips and all these things happen and, and the clips would tap into these different communities and they would create these like portals to me. Right. So instead of there just being like one special that sat on HBO and like, maybe you bumped into it when they replayed it once I've had, I would have a clip that was like really popular amongst like the Romanian community. And they would watch that clip and be like, oh, he's really funny. And then YouTube would serve him up a bunch of other clips that I had. And I kept putting out content and creating more and more portals for different people to come. And the crazy thing is when we started releasing the crowd work, we didn't know this. But like if I'm making a joke about you, Samir, right? And I'm talking about you and like your community. And I'm just like a curious guy. Like I'll ask you questions about you. And I like, I want to know things. And like, I might have like a little bit more nuanced take on like your culture than you would expect from me. And we started, you know, doing these jokes and like putting out these jokes about, so they would tap into these niche communities that weren't really represented. Interesting. And then those communities, because they were so tight knit, would share it like crazy around those communities. So I had a joke in the crowd work special. I remember specifically it was about um, this, uh, this sick guy, right? And uh, Punjabi yep. guy, right? To be clear, Sikh, yeah, Turban. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. And, it. Uh, and it was just, uh, it was about the bracelet that they wear, the cut yeah, yeah. right? Yep. And like this joke went crazy in the community and everybody was passing around like, oh, he knows these things, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. We didn't know that. 
like that wasn't like put out because it would tap into a community. It was just a natural thing that kind of happened. And then that community ended up really showing tons of support to me and coming out to shows. Cause they're seen also. They're seen. Like and you're observing something and you're willing to say it. Bro. And here's the thing. They're seen as their culture is. They're not seen as like, oh, here, you're going to play a white or black guy on TV. Like a lot of times what happens yeah. with like Indians, it's like you get to be the black Indian guy or the white Indian guy on yep. the sitcom, right? You don't get to be the fucking turban wearing Punjabi sick dude yeah. who is just about his community. And like being reflecting like that, I guess was kind of cool. And then keep in mind, like millions of people are viewing it. So it's not like, uh, you know, it's a picture posted to some random Instagram. You see a big number, mm -hmm. you know, a bigger number than you're going to see watching some show on HBO even. Granted, it's a three minute clip and whatever, sure. but mm -hmm. still like, yeah, all of a sudden you're like, there's like this uh, 15 minutes of fame thing. Like your friends are messaging you, dude, were you in this clip? Today? Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's, it's this crazy phenomenon. So that would keep happening with all these different communities. And we were basically planting all these seeds without even knowing it. And then when I went on Rogan, I mean, that was just, this is Rogan, heyday, YouTube. Right. Mm -hmm. I go on there and I say, Netflix is dead. Everybody's fucking dead. The YouTube is the future. It's the only way you can do mm -hmm. it. And nobody had really said this on, especially on a platform where like comedians would watch religiously. Right. And the reaction was really interesting because I got his algorithmic boost. So I went on the biggest show Yep. Mm. and then the people enjoyed the episode. So the YouTube algorithm is just like, Oh, I guess they, the people mm -hmm. that like this, like his content. And I had a lot of content. Yeah. You had a base. Yeah. Huge. A farm. Yeah. Right. And all those seeds were planted and then shit that had very little even do with comedy that I did started going viral. Ted talk. Your Ted talk's great, yeah, yeah. by the way. That had Fucking great Ted talk. Yeah. 50,000 views. I go on Rogan within weeks of a million. Mm. So it was like the algorithm. Basically, this is what it was almost like all these people existed on the internet that liked my stuff, but didn't know I existed. Yeah. And, and here's then, the thing about YouTube yeah. though. It's not just algorithm. It's also a search engine. Yeah. You put in your mm -hmm. name and then there's just pages and pages that you can go through. Yeah. Right. And that's, I think what people forget about the other platforms too, is that YouTube's a search engine. It's yep. the second biggest search engine in the world. hundred percent. You search Andrew Schultz and there, there it is. Right. That's why Everything I think the video podcast is so important. Yeah. And that's why I immediately invested in video. I was like, they'll never be able to just search us randomly while looking for an audio podcast, but they can bump yeah. into an episode. Mm -hmm. You know, Charlemagne's one of the biggest voices in hip hop history. Mm -hmm. So if Charlemagne has a hot take about something and a clip of that goes up, that could go viral. Those are people who yeah. can find our podcast. How can we be searchable? How can people find me? So you kind of pioneered this shift from, you know, focus on quality to focus on quantity to get to the quality, right? The thing about Does that make it, sense? Yeah. The thing, I couldn't reduce quality though. Sure. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing that was like really just important and valuable to me. Like the experience viewing it had to feel like you're there. And one thing that I would watch in old specials, they even do it to, to this day. And I tell every one of my buddies that's doing a special, even if it's with a network, I go, you have to mic the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Comedy is tennis. It's, it's comedy is pong. It's an energy exchange. I mean, you might not be talking back to me, but like I'm saying something to you and you need to give me energy back. Yeah. Cause if you don't, the person watching at home is cringing even if it's hilarious, right? So like, 
even in my earlier stuff that I was putting out, like I actually, this is another way I got lucky. Instead of filming this thing in a theater, blah, blah, blah. I'm filming these tiny intimate comedy clubs, but what happens? The recordings feel intimate. That camera that's set up is only 10 feet away from me. You could hear all the people in the audience laughing loud. You're in a theater. There's some big swooping crane. You think that camera's picking up some girl in row 13 laughing? Not a chance. They're getting this mic, maybe some room tone. And you're up there and it sounds like you're doing jokes and they're not giving you any reaction. You sound like you're bombing. And then the people watching at home are like feeling uncomfortable and they turn it off. Whereas if you watch my clips even earlier on, it's like you could hear people like around you. You could hear a girl just go, ha ha. Right. You're like, oh fuck, this feels comfortable. Yeah. Well, I think that's like the the transition in entertainment from this passive experience to this active experience, right? I'm searching for Andrew Schultz. I'm, mm. I'm actively wanting yeah. to participate in the content. I can comment and be like, that was hilarious and talk to someone else in the yes. comments, right? And so it's an active role. I, I want it to feel more like I'm there. I don't want to passively view this anymore. And even yeah. from like the sitcom to where we are now today on YouTube, the sitcom is like, I'm going to tell you when you're supposed to laugh. Yeah, 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 to yeah. YouTube, which is just like, no, people are laughing. Yep. Yeah, yeah, like that's yeah. just what's happening yeah. there, right? Like it's that's so like true. everything. It's just more real. Yeah, it's more real. There's, it's more authentic. There's more freedom. And like with authenticity, you need less, um, it, it needs to be less shiny. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. when, when things are, you know, Mark, who's here back there, when we were doing the crowd work special, he had, a, he had a great idea. In the beginning of the crowd work special, there was like, we're just in the green room. And we did plan on doing it that weekend. We had no clue. It was Alex's idea who was shooting it. But, um, when we were filming the intro to it, Alex is like, yo, you should just, you know, like do a thing where you like riff and then we'll turn it into something. We filmed it once where I basically go, okay, I'll just try it out. And then I walk on stage. We filmed it once like a perfect shot, right? The next time we filmed it, it was like a little crooked. You could see like a coffee cup or something in it. And it felt real, real. It felt like it was just in the moment. Like, and I, and maybe subconsciously people tapped into it. Maybe people called it bullshit and you're like, yeah, you're faking this and trying to do it. But like, there's something beautiful about authenticity. It's like a fight video. I don't need a fight video in 4k. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, some yeah. kid is punching their teacher. I kind of want a grainier and shake it. This is real, right? If it's on a gimbal, I'm like, yeah. nah, this is set up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So yeah. we crave you that authenticity. Too hard at this. Yeah. You wanted that too mm-hmm. much. Yeah. Well, I, I heard you call authenticity a sharp knife. Yeah. And maybe it was in the Ted talk. No, this is probably recently. Maybe I said it before. But it was like, in reference to Larry David and, and, oh, his, yes. and his type yes. of comedy. That was a good Could note. you explain yeah. that? Yeah, he's just, it's just like, Larry David is, is I don't know which one is the id, the ego, or the superego, but the one that's unfiltered. Like, it's just your yeah. feeling, the id, yeah. I think it is, right? It's just like unchecked. And most of us have a feeling and then we check it, right? Which is good because we have empathy for the people that we're interacting with. Larry's the opposite of woke, right? Like Larry mm-hmm. is, yeah. I have no empathy for anybody. I feel something and you need to know it. Mm-hmm. And we might think the behavior is deplorable. Deplorable is maybe a, a lot, but we might think the, the behavior is uh, annoying, Yeah, but we relate to the feeling mm-hmm. and that's comedy. Comedy is feeling all these jokes back in the day, the Borscht Belt guys were like, uh, take my wife, please. They don't really, we're not laughing because somebody wants you to take their wife. We're laughing because we've had that moment where like, just take her. Right. Like, <laughs> and I think that's what people mistake yeah. about comedy. Comedy is feeling. Mm. It's not reality. We love our wives, right? We mm-hmm. love them more than anything. If anybody took them, we fucking kill them. I have to kill somebody. Right. But 
we can't have a feeling of frustration. And if comedy can tap into that feeling of frustration, then it's masterful. And I think maybe that's what I like about, that's what I like about Larry. And that's what I like about maybe a comedy that's a little bit more blue or lacks political correctness. You can't have a politically correct feeling. Mm -hmm. That doesn't exist. Those aren't the things. Political correctness is correcting reality, which is good. Make it comfortable for everybody. But when we're doing this comedy shit, it's got to be the hot knife, dude. That's what I like about like even Larry with Curb for me, it's like he's acting out thoughts in your head yes. and that's, what's fun about it. It's, it's, it's a hyperbole. It's not real. It's, it, it, the, some of those interactions can't exist in real life Yes, because we have a filter, but it's fun to watch. What if they did? What if the, what, what if the feelings actually did take place? That's in comedy. Real life? That's what if. Yeah. I walked in here. I knew that he said his name was Tyga. Yeah. Right. I thought I misheard him. So I asked the white kid if his name was Tyga. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. We yeah. went through it yeah, this yeah, earlier. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. Really, and, yeah. and that is <laughs> now if it was Kirby enthusiasm, he would say Tyga. And then I'd be like, what? Asian name Tyga. That's a yeah. little bit on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, but there's a perfect reaction <laughs> comedically on stage. We're having a fun moment. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Off stage. We'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Right. It's a discussion, but that is the authentic, the authenticity. And that is the beautiful thing about comedy. And that is why comedy has to exist in this space where it's a little eh, quote unquote dangerous, you know, and keep in mind, like when everything becomes acceptable and everybody feels pretty good, there are times of great acceptance. Like the comedy that comes out of those times is not uh, like pointed political ideology or like statements. It's absurdism. Like Zach Galifianakis comes out of that, which is great too. He's funny, Mm -hmm. but like, when you're existing in like really tough political times where you can't say anything, you get Carlin, you get Pryor, you get Rock, you get the people who are going to speak to your feelings and find ways to use comedy to say the things that maybe we shouldn't say. You know what I mean? Like if you want to tell somebody yeah. the truth, make them laugh or they'll kill you. Oscar Wilde quote, right? Right. But that's, that's the real so right. is that context of like kind of the sanctity in a comedy club feels like when I go to a comedy club, I feel that. I'm like, I'm here to experience uh, some stuff that exists outside of the boundaries of my day-to-day interactions, things that are more okay to be said. Yeah. Does that translate to social and YouTube? And do you feel that same sanctity of like, you put something out on YouTube and the context is comedy, so it's okay. You can push the boundaries a little bit more. Or on Flagrant 2, you can push the boundaries a little bit more. I, I think we can because we've curated an audience for it. Like, we also live in a bubble though. And by we, I mean like specifically our podcasts and like the comedy that we're doing. Like Mm. we put out a specific type of comedy, you know, we've walked through the fire, if you will, like, you know, through any pushback about jokes, et cetera. And now people understand, oh, this is the type of comedy that they do. This is what you should expect. Like in a world now where everything is so politically correct, like people would never believe that I have the most fucking diverse audience in comedy and by diverse, I don't mean just like you two guys looking diverse. I mean like politically diverse. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I can see that. I can see that though. Like the left woke dude and the MAGA dude at the same fucking show laughing at the same jokes. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like that to me means something is happening. That to me means we're tapping into like authenticity or like a feeling that is human that you can't deny. Yeah, exactly. It's raw. Also, you're not doing this in a vacuum. Like you've spent time doing crowd work. So you have an understanding when you're on flagrant two of like where some sort of a line would be if there was yes. someone here in person. Yes. Not, that, not that you're not going to cross it at certain times. Yes. But you have experience with someone directly looking at you in the face. Yes. And you said something to them and you're like, 
okay, that one worked. Like, that's all right. Something you said right there is very interesting is directly looking at you in the face. And I think that's why I might be able to get away with a lot of things that certain people can't. And it's because I'm often doing that joke to them. Yeah. You can't be offended on behalf of the person who's not offended. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You can't be the white savior if you see the brown guy laughing. Right. Now you're just the weirdo that's ruining fun. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. If it's a white guy just speaking to a bunch of white guys and then they say something, then it's like, oh, that's inappropriate. What's mm-hmm. going on? Like, it's almost to the point, and I think maybe the podcast really helps with that because by happenstance, like never once have we tried to like diversity hire or anything like that because like our friends were already diverse. Just the idea of going, well, we got to get an Asian in here. Like <laughs> it would feel so gross. Right. But when you grow up with all these people- you never even think of that. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. I do think a caution having an Indian is like a safe, it's a safe bet to, to run back and forth with an Indian. You yeah. got, you got the Indian, right? Yeah. Because he can tap into so many different experiences. Big market too. Yeah. Huge market. Yeah. Alex, you know, we have a lot of double ups. So we have Akash's Indian and Asian kind of. Okay. But not really. Meaning South Asian. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's, we, we all played this game. We all yeah, know I've what Asian is. Right? You're not Asian. I'm South Asian. But you are. Southeastern Asian. Yeah. I mean, I was corrected on that yeah, one yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I Russians understand. are, Russia's in Asia. Sure. But I, it's not. Here's the thing. I was in an. It's not. I was in an Asian Americans in entertainment feature. Mm. And Colin was like. You stole a job. What's the deal? You were yeah. stealing yeah. jobs. Yeah. You were stealing jobs. I, I, like, I just kind of was like, how dare you? What yeah. the fuck are you yeah. doing? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing there? Dude, and then I was informed. I was asked, by the way. I was informed. Yeah, I was asked by a fellow, was, by a fellow that, Asian. Yeah, then I was no, out no, of line. No, no, no. Yeah. That's fucked up, dude. You took his job right there. Tiger could have had it, dude. Tiger, if you were at a Stop Asian Hate rally and a bunch of fucking furry-hatted Russians showed up to that, like, we need to stop Asian hate. Would you feel like, would you feel like they were encroaching on your shit? No, I love them, bro. Oh, shut the fuck up, dude. This is why they're going to rule the world. This is why they're going to rule the world. It's not even a chance. 100%. You see that fake inclusion he just did? (laughs) This is great. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, I think with Flagrant 2, it's like there's everybody's represented. So, like, the jokes fly so freely. Like, I don't want to make jokes about black people if there's no black people there. Yeah. It's no fun. Where's the stakes? Right. Right? Like, I want it there, and I want to see, oh, is it so funny that even the black people got to go, nah, that shit is funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I want everybody represented. It also feels weird. Like you're going to make fun of Jews and there's no Jews in the room. Even so now, I, think, you that guys is, are I like, think that probably like is a problem. Like if you were in a room of all white people making fun of black people. Yeah. That's it an feels issue. weird, yeah. right? That's an issue. Yeah. It feels yeah. weird. So in that context, you have, you know, an Indian guy, a black guy in the room, you're making jokes about those cultures. Like, yeah. is the counter opinion that like, well, they don't represent everyone. Like, of course not. You're, you know, you're, you're potentially offending a lot of people. And is that just the stakes of comedy? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Or is it even just the stakes of independent production and distribution? Yo, how about this? They have every right to be offended. Mm. Like, why are we encroaching on people's feelings? Yeah. Be offended. That's cool. Just don't stop me from doing what I do. Mm. But no one's saying you can't be offended. Like, the, the, the problem with offended is there's going to be somebody offended by everything, right? Like if, if you don't eat meat, like simply eating meat might be offensive, but you're going to stop eating out. No. And if that person stopped you, 
for eating out, you'd be like, hey, buddy, I respect your thing, but I do like eating meat. And that's the same thing with comedy, same thing with everything. Like, you have every right to be offended. Live your life. Don't watch my shit. Don't do whatever you want. I'm not encroaching on your feelings at all. Don't encroach on my activity. Do you feel like not just the audience, but at times the platforms encroach on your activity? For the most part, no. No. I mean, like, we put out so much crazy shit and they've been, like, so supportive and, like, the benefits, like, uh, you know, they outweigh any time we've been demonetized yeah. or any of these, like, I know that comics, and I'm sure that I've done it too, have, like, have made a stink about, uh, you know, censorship and that kind of stuff. For the most part, I mean, it's been working out great. And if we have to cater to the rules a little bit, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm down to play ball. I think that's important because I think what you have to realize is you are still building your business on rented land. Like that's yeah. still there. Mm-hmm. That's, that's Google. And that's, I'm not going to develop it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to develop it. Like I'm going to, I'm going to rent the land. You got some rules. So cool. They're the landlord. Yeah. yeah. You follow the rules. Yeah. And if anything, the safeguard is Patreon or something like that, like yeah. straight up directly support it. Your safeguards yeah. are their right. audience. And they, yeah, which they, is the audience, yeah. like whatever your connection is to them. Yep but it's a closer connection on something like Patreon than it might be actually on YouTube. hundred percent. And they'll take care of us. And those are the people that provide safety. If every advertiser wants to leave and they really rock with us and they make sure that we can continue to put out that content and we don't um, create with fear. Cause I don't think you can create authentically with fear. No. I think it's a big problem with comics, even starting out is they're so concerned about doing the jokes that work so they can get on stage and get these opportunities that they're not developing the jokes that come from inside them. And that's the only place the authenticity is going to come from. Like you can, you can develop the tricks, but at the end of the day, if you really want people to like ride for you, ride for you, like give up their weekend for you, you know what I mean? Like spend their savings, like do whatever they can to be there for that moment. It needs to come from in here. You know, you yeah. need to be saying shit they feel, but they can't articulate. Mm-hmm. I feel like a, a new comic today. Also, if they were to do your style of comedy mm. might need five to 10 years to establish a fan base. Right. Take your time. And because of the environment, like the fact that they do have fear right now, yeah, like the only way yeah. to push through that is to actually just keep going for the next 10 years and see who's there with you. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. And like, you had that 10 years. I not only had that 10 years, I grew up in New York city. I, you know, so like I'm, I'm used to interacting with people that are different, maybe looking than me and it meant nothing. So it's like, I have an extreme comfort in talking about these things. Cause we just talked about them my whole life. And I was brought into this internet world through Charlemagne and a predominantly black audience, black and Latino. So it's like black and Latino people knew about me before white people, white people found out about me with Rogan, really, you know, maybe guy code and that kind of stuff a little sure. bit, but the internet, like, so it's like, I was already supported and pushed by black and Latino people before white people found me. So it wasn't like I had to go the other way. It wasn't, I had to, I had to prove that like I cared about that community or what wasn't a detriment to those communities. It was like, finally white people found out and then black and Latino people were like, Oh yeah, we've been fucking with Schultz forever. Mm. You know, it wasn't like they were trying to like, you know, they'll do with actors. Like they'll, they'll put an actor in like a fast and a furious movie and they'll be like, Oh, we really want to tap into these demographics. How can we do it? It was like, I, I did it by accident. It was like right. almost yeah, Jim yeah. Carrey. Like, right. remember Jim Carrey? Well, you guys probably younger than me, but like Jim Carrey was on um, uh, the Keenan Ivory Wayne show. What was it called? In Living Color. So black people knew about Jim Carrey way oh, before uh, white people watched Ace Ventura. 
So when Ace Ventura came out there, oh yeah, that's the funny dude. Oh, interesting. That's Fire Marshal Bill. Yeah, 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 I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. yeah so like, and that's why I think he's just so universally loved. Right. He wasn't yeah. like some like corny white guy that they had to like shove down black people's throats. Right. It was that funny white dude that then white people found out about. But that's just a unique thing that happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you can never plan these things. So let's just take a step back. And I, when I went to your website, mm. I was like, I, I, you know, watch Flagrant 2, listen as well. Um, I've seen your stuff, uh, crowd work. Familiar with the show you do with Charlemagne. Yep. But then I saw all this other stuff. Mm. What do you, what, what, how much output do you have right now? Like how much are you putting out? Now we're just down with, now we're doing the pods and we're doing stand-up stuff. And even stand-up is reduced because I got to develop new material and we're putting out this tour. And now we're putting out a special, which is an hour of material instead of like putting out these chunks regularly. Mm -hmm. But um, after, I imagine maybe you're talking about like the rants that we were doing. Yeah, you were doing rants. I remember very clearly when you started during the pandemic, yeah. starting putting out stuff on Instagram. Yeah. That's actually when I really caught wind of what you were doing. Yeah. Uh, it was on Instagram and then I saw it go to Netflix and I was like, this guy's got a model that I'm trying to figure out. Like, yeah. This is, you're doing so, something that I hadn't seen before. The the rants were a really interesting thing. Like, uh like everything you need to know about like your industry and like the business in general, like you can find out from people who have no clue about your industry yeah. or your business in general. Like I, I never ask people in the industry for uh, their opinion or advice about content. They're too close. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just always ask casuals cause they just word vomit things that can be so valuable. And, um, even when I was doing like the YouTube specials, like I, would, I was like, what, what, what do you think about Netflix specials? Like, what is your thing? And the same reaction happened every single one. They were like, oh, I watched it uh, for a little. I watched it for, oh, I watched like maybe like 10, 15 minutes. It was funny. And I was like, oh, they're too long. Yeah. I'm not going to give a stranger an hour of my time ever. Well, maybe you guys today, but outside of that, <laughs> outside of that <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah. it's a big commitment an hour, dude, yeah. yeah. but two minute chunks, three minute chunks, a minute chunk on Instagram, like that's something I could give you. And that's yeah. kind of like informed my strategy when it came to the rants, our whole monetization strategy was give away content and then perform on the road. Pandemic comes in, we're still giving away content. Yeah. yeah. Can't perform on the road. Tickets, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're like, fuck, we got to do something here. And I remember in the same day, three or four generations of people sent me the same video. And it was Bill Maher talking about why it's not bad or offensive to call something like the Chinese virus. And he did like a rant of like all with West Niles from West Nile, Connecticut. And the Spanish flu was found in Spain. It was like, this is not racism this is just what we do when it comes to like let's stop being so protective over things whatever and when i saw four different generations of people sent it and i was like oh there's a truth gap people aren't being spoken for and finally when they are they're feeling like they need to share it i was like okay and trump was was out there saying that everything was fake in the media and the media was out there saying that everything Trump said was fake and people were in complete disarray and they just needed truth and they needed acknowledgement of their feelings, which I always have thought the majority of us, like 80% of us do not care about left wing or like extreme right wing views. 80% of us sit pretty close in the middle and we sway left or right based on a couple issues mainly, but like 
for the majority of us. Like I'm talking about people who have to pay their own rent. Like if you're a yeah. kid, mm-hmm. you, your feelings are meaningless. <laughs> they're meaningless. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like all these kids in college, it's yeah. like you don't pay for anything yet. Right. You don't yeah. have any, don't worry about the economy. You're there's not no part stakes. of it. Yeah, there's yeah. no stakes. Yeah, you're yeah. a plant. You're right. a yeah. house plant. <laughs> you get watered. That's it. Sit there, shut the fuck up. If you are out there working and paying rent, then I want to hear your feelings yeah. about society sure. and like how we can fix capitalism. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when your millionaire father is paying for your college, I don't need you to tell me that like Marxism really figured it out. <laughs> that Karl Marx, man, what a fucking yeah. genius that guy was. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I think that we're actually, to be honest, like, I think, I think the extreme left and right are like, what's when I, what's ruining patriotism. Cause they're stealing what I'm proud of America for. I'm proud of the tolerance but they're so fucking tolerant. They're, you identify as a ghost? Okay, yeah. you're a ghost, right? <laughs> so now I can't even be tolerant without feeling like I'm one of them. And then right. the right is like stealing, waving the flag and freedom of speech. Right. But it's like, you, I love freedom of speech and I love the flag, but now I feel like I'm at a fucking rally. Yeah. So yeah. you stole it from me. Mm. What can I be proud of anymore? Yeah. You've taken my identity. So it's like, uh, anyway. We're like, how do we service that space? And nobody was producing anything. And I sat down with Mark and I was like, yo, we got we to gotta do something. We got to do pieces. We'll, we'll write them and we'll talk about the issue of the week. And we'll talk about it truthfully. Doesn't matter if, if we don't like that truth, we don't like that truth. But we will give the truth on the issue. And we'll write jokes. And really importantly, remember I said there's that like energy exchange thing yeah. in, the, in the beginning? Mm-hmm. What I noticed when I would watch all these like late night shows, they were still waiting for the laugh, even though there was nobody Ooh. there. How fucking awful that was, was that? Yeah, that, that was, was really strange. strange. Yeah. Seth Meyers like in an attic. There were moments of silence where yeah. they would just look and they, yeah. were, like, they were hurting inside. How yeah. stupid are these people that they don't realize that? Like they're stupid, right? Like you must watch you and go, I look like shit, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's why we developed the fast style. I didn't wait for mm. you to laugh. Cause you're not gonna, right? It's next line, next line, next yep. line, next line. It's like, I can't wait for the last. I can't sit in the glory at a comedy club. I can, cause you'll hear it. Mm-hmm. But when you're just at home, it's me and you, I can't just deliver a bit and then stare at you. How <laughs> you'll change a channel. It's just weird. It's creepy. Yeah. So we started to put out those pieces and it was just like the topic of the week. And it was great because we actually got to keep compete with the industry on like a somewhat level you know, playing field. It's like they were in their house too. Yeah. Actually yeah. you had an upper hand because yeah, the thing know, is been the, there for a while. The late night people were like, shit, how do we do this? You were like, I've been producing content and uploading it here. Like I know how this works. We know how it works. Yeah. And they had to face this experience of just them and the audience for the first time when that's what we do on YouTube. Yeah. Right. So it's it us in the audience. Them. Yeah. I was so excited because the reality is, is if you put like me and my guys against any one of these teams. I don't give a fuck which team it is. Maybe, honestly, maybe like Tasha's team would be tough mm. because they're basically what me and my guys do. But like any of these late night teams will fucking break their backs, dude, at anything. Yeah. If you take five or six cameras and you have a fucking thousand people yeah. in the studio audience, you could trick people into thinking things aren't awful, you know? Yeah. But mm-hmm. once they took that away, it was bad, bro. And we started putting out these pieces, man. And it was like, and the audience doesn't lie, in my opinion. Like, yeah. you know, I, we just heard, um, Emma Chamberlain on a podcast say that like her boss is the public. 
Yeah. That's my, our boss, yeah. right? My, my parents like, would say that. She's yeah. like, you think you work for yourself. You have more bosses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody is here. Or is your public. Your boss is just yeah. public opinion. Yeah. 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 But that's, a, that's liberating. Fuck yeah. Because it's just you and the public. So you make this on Instagram. As long as you can handle public people, opinion. Yeah, people it's, like it. Bro, do you ever watch Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Of course. Yeah. Regis? They're right. Yeah. I want to test the public. They're always right. Right. The seventy yeah. percent of them, yeah. they always get it right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'd rather they be the boss than some suit. Right. You know, like give me seventy percent. Mm-hmm. I remember on a podcast, Jerry Seinfeld was asked, uh, once Who's again, that? Um, big time comedian, Long Island, New York. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, once you <laughs> get off stage, do you ever ask other comedians how'd that go? And he was like, "What." And he's like, I, I know exactly how it went. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't do that. <laughs> he's like, I know exactly how it went. Why would I ask anybody else? You're asking how it went because you don't think it went well. And he's like, naturally, right. comedians, they know at all times. Like, they get more feedback more often yeah. than anyone in any other industry. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's why it's hard, I think, for comedians, like, to be disagreed with a lot of times. It's like, you're getting applauded for, like, what you think. So, you know, I think sometimes comedians can be quite disagreeable because they have all this like data to prove that they know what they're talking about, mm. which a lot of times we don't. But it's, but but it's also why you, you were the right fit for this experience of social because you're on stage, you say something, you get immediate feedback. Mm. Was it funny or was it not? You yeah. put something out on Instagram, is it funny or is it not? Yeah. And then you move on. Yeah, it's right? like the industry's saying like, no, this type of humor isn't acceptable, but I'm going around to sold out shows every weekend off of fucking Instagram clips. Right. So it's like, I think it's acceptable. I think, mm-hmm. I think it is. Mm-hmm. And I have some pretty good evidence to prove that these jokes are not only acceptable, but like what people want. It, it just changed the model because you're before you're like, you write something, you, you, Hey, Netflix, can we do this? Uh, no, that's not very good. Let's yeah. not do it. Now it's just, you write something, you put it out. Audience is like, yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. And then Netflix is like, Oh shit, we need that. Cause the exactly. audience thinks it's good. That was, that was the other thing is like when we started, I was like, if we do this for four months, we'll have a Netflix special. And, but we had to play some games in order to do that, you know, cause like one, I had said on Rogan that Netflix was dead. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. That, that'll, and that'll uh, I got to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. I have a tendency of saying things and then doing the exact opposite. Right. I do that a lot. Right. Yeah. But that keeps people on their toes. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just call myself a hypocrite. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That's more, that's more interesting than watching yeah. someone who's consistent. Yeah. Fuck yeah. consistency, yeah. dude. Well, I'll consistently be a hypocrite. That's for <laughs> sure, yeah. dude. Yeah. Uh, no, it, uh, but I remember being like, yeah, we can turn this into a Netflix special. And here's the thing. Doing the Netflix special was the right thing to do, but it wasn't, it wasn't the right thing to do for the money or the numbers. That's the thing that a lot of people mm-hmm. don't realize. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. We did the Netflix special because it qualified us in a certain S- space. Social proof. Yes. yes. Like there's like you guys, myself, other people here understand the value of YouTube and the internet. We understand that that is the future, right? Mm-hmm. Like we are on the precipice. We're fucking, uh, what is it? We're Rockefeller going, yeah, I got this, you know, standard oil yeah. is going to be the shit. Right. Right. And everybody's like, ah, is it like who, who even uses it? It's dirty. Sure. This oil. Yeah. We're like, oh, all right, fine. Motherfuckers, yeah. you know, waste away. Yeah. Uh, but I understood that that cosign from Netflix could change the perception of everything that we do. I can have the mayor on now because the mayor sees Netflix and goes, well, if they qualified him, hundred percent, he must be yeah. real. Yeah. People it, will probably introduce you leading with that. Sure. They're not going to say, here's Andrew Scholes. He uploads Instagram videos all the time. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Even though that's the more valuable thing, hundred yeah. percent, like the growth would have been way crazier. Like we would have found a way to monetize it. We weren't even monetizing. Like 
but we knew that in order for us to be like leveled up in the eyes of the people, that cosign was valuable. So yeah. we essentially did the deal for like the stamp of approval from casuals, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, you got to check this guy out. Oh, what does he do? Oh, he had a Netflix special, but watch this clip. That's way easier. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. again, still you have the base search Andrew Schultz. Boom. It's the Michelin star. Yeah. It's like, it's so much easier for me to go to a restaurant. Yeah. If you just tell me there's that stupid star. Right. Right. So we got the star, but for a lot of people like, Oh, they just did it for the money. And this is not really like money was good. Of course we're going to get paid good. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. It, that was the, it was the social proof. Yeah. hundred percent. Which leads to the future opportunities. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. We've been qualified. So it's like, what do we want to do? When did you turn to Patreon? Cause something that, you know, when Akash almost was homeless. Got it. Okay. okay. I didn't want to do Patreon. You didn't. Why or why not? Like, uh, I give it to the people. My strategy is always the people. You know, like how do I, like if we put our Netflix special on YouTube or whatever like that, yeah. it would have fucking exploded. Like it would be even bigger than it was on Netflix. Netflix is what? 200 million subscribers. YouTube is what? 2 billion. Do the math. So I'm curious about your opinion on Patreon. Cause it seems like that from a comedy perspective is like the clear cut model now for great comedians. security. It was awesome. Akash needed it or he was going to go homeless. Yeah. We did it. We had this amazing base that really got behind us and fucking blew it up. It was awesome. And it gives great security and allows us to be flagrant and fucked up and crazy and make these jokes without worrying. Like if every advertiser pulls, I can't afford to pay all the guys. Yeah. That is, it's awesome for that. The one thing is like, I wish I could give that content to everybody because I want you to be seeing these things on a daily basis. You know, like we talk about this all the time, but like, I don't want just one time a week for us to have flagrant too. I want, Monday through Thursday, every single day. Let's just have it flooding the feed. You're not watching maybe the whole thing. You're watching a clip, but it's like, we're just inundating your life, you know? So yeah, Patreon being behind the wall stops that, but it provides the security that we need to create in an authentic way. What does Akash need to not be homeless, man? That's a lot of money for <laughs> what kind of standards does he have? I mean, yeah, he was $100,000 a month. Yeah. Yeah, he's he, all right. he did all right. He did all right. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was a good, it was a good move. I'll be honest. It, it, it created some good security. But you can make those things with, a, I don't know, like, I don't know how to make money in investments. Don't ask me about anything. I don't either. I know no, nothing I about no that. Idea. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm a mess with that. Yeah. Complete. Yeah. I, but it's old fashioned way. I just, I, I work. You can make you, money yeah. on you. Yeah. yeah. You guys yeah, yeah, can yeah. buy lighting. You can buy cameras. Yeah. You can buy a fucking tiger. You yeah. can do whatever you want <laughs> and you can figure out how to make money. Right. Yeah. yeah. Investing in yourself. You can just put the fucking hours in. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of how we are. So it's like, we're just building out a fucking new studio now. Or like, we're going to, you know, shooting the special, these things. It's like, it's weird. Like I don't really think about the, the money cause I got really great guys with me. And we can find ways where we can monetize stuff, but it's always first, what is the thing? How do you shift culture? How do you, yeah. how mm-hmm. do you become part of the conversation? How do you move the conversation? Like that is, that should be the goal. And the money chases that dude, always yeah. chasing it. So at, at the shows, are there a lot of people who are like, I know this guy from YouTube. Like, is that, oh, is yeah. that that's kind of yeah, YouTube, the podcast, podcast like, that's like, how people know you. TikTok now, like wow. all these different, all these different, you know, uh, yeah, social media apps. And then what happens is like you watch a few clips and then you start to look into the other stuff. Mm-hmm. So like the the stand-up fan becomes a podcast fan. Yep. Or the podcast fan becomes stand-up, stand-up fan mm-hmm. and TikTok. And yeah, my entry blend. again was like Instagram, podcast, and I would love to see you do stand-up. You got to come out. Yeah, man. I would love to see it. That's the other thing What's, that we're working on is like, how can we how can we evolve every aspect of the business? So if it's like, 
put more power in the creator's hands, especially as like a stand up comic, then that's awesome. Let's do that. It's if it's make clips even better, if it's make stand up specials like more dynamic, more different, like mm-hmm. that's that's what I'm so excited for the special that we're going to put out. Like, uh, it's just fucking, it's just so cool. When does that come out? Haven't decided exactly just yet. Haven't decided exactly how we're going to release it, but we're working, working on that now. But like, it just needs to feel different and needs to feel bigger. And the same thing with like the tour, it's like, you know, stand up is done in one way for so long. And then sometimes tradition is good, but sometimes tradition like stunts growth, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, like how do, how do we make this experience more dynamic? you're performing for 3000 people. Like how do you make it special for that person? That's all the way up there and sees you this big, can't see your facial expressions or anything. Like how can you make the show feel like a concert? How can they leave there going, Holy shit. Like I got to come back. Yeah. You know, like they're, there's 70 year old dudes that have been going to watch fish for like the last 40 years. Right. Like these grateful dead fans, like what the fuck is happening at those concerts? I have no man? idea. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. Well, we need to figure it out. We gotta figure out. That's out. my should, job. Like, for <laughs> yeah. real, like, like, like I won. Yeah, we, we should go. Should go I think what to it a dead is, show and try and figure it out. You yes, know, I think dude. what it is, it's not necessarily about like my relationship to what you're performing. It's the, the people that you aggregate. So my relationship to the other person there, yeah. right? It's yeah. like, who are the type of people who go to an Andrew yeah. Schultz show? Yeah. Because that's now my community and I want to hang out with those people. Yeah. Because I feel that's like myself, power. like yeah. unbeknownst to me, like when we were doing flagrant, like that was even the messaging. It was like, it was, everything was so politically correct. And it was like, yo, for a couple hours, just be yourself. Like yeah. laugh at the fucked up jokes. Right, right. Don't mm. look over your shoulder to see who sees you. And right. it's like, that's what I like the live show to be. It's like, I want you to, for this time, you get to be yourself. You get to laugh at every fucked up thing. And guess what? Everybody gets these jokes. Every group, nobody can be sensitive at that show. Women can't be sensitive. Muslims can't be sensitive. Jews can't be sensitive. Black people, brown people. It, like nobody can be sensitive because you know it's coming for you too. And when everybody just kind of like puts down the shield and accepts it and you see all these people from all the different like walks of life, like laughing at themselves and at each other. I don't know. For me, I just hope that they're like, I need to do that again. Yeah. I want to feel that. I, I need yeah. to feel that. That is so unique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That you know, space doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't exist. So it's like, how can we, we have that like heart and it's like, then how can we enhance it in every other way? Like we mm-hmm. were at the UFC the other day and, I'm, and we're just seeing certain things that they're doing. And we're like, why are we not doing this? Like what? Why yeah. is there not a camera on me when I enter the venue? Mm. Like when the fighters show yeah, up, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know what I'm uh-huh, saying? Like, yeah. like uh-huh. why do we not have the fake backstage camera sure. as we're walking in? Yeah. And it's all, we already have the TV up there, not the TV, the uh, projector. Imagine they're just waiting for the show to start. And then all of a sudden you see like the fake walk-in mm-hmm. yeah. and I've got my like bag yeah. in my hand, whatever. Going nuts. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it's just like, That's why cool. are we not taking these things that work in all these other industries and applying them to ours? Mm-hmm. Like standups, we can't be lazy, man. We got to fight for it. We just going to mm-hmm. let musicians have the best live show all the time. Fuck that. Yeah. We're going to take some music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. I was yeah. telling the guys, I was like, next tour, we're all learning instruments. <laughs> like everybody got to yeah. learn a fucking instrument. Yeah. And at, we, at the end of the show, we are performing songs. Yeah. Like, That's inherently better than the show you're doing right now. Yes. If I bomb yeah. for an hour straight, yeah. at least we got 15 yeah. minutes yeah. of music. Yeah. 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 The music at the end was great. <laughs> Even if it wasn't great, it was better than yeah. what was there before. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Save myself. By nature of being on YouTube, are you watching oh, more yeah. YouTube? Like, are you taking inspiration from different creators that are maybe yeah. outside of comedy? I was, I was just watching a clip of your guys, the Instagram clip on like the loops. Yeah. Oh it's yeah. Genius. Yeah. 
right. like, why aren't we doing that? Right. Like, why the fuck are we not doing that? Like, and I think that's what we have to do the same way where we're watching the UFC and going like, how do we apply those things? It's like, I even liked, uh, we've tried to dabble in like the beginning of podcasts, like putting like cool, funny or interesting moments and then starting the pod. Yeah. But you had a great intro with beast. Yeah. Right. It was really, yeah, yeah, it was really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. And then like, so, but yeah, we should be analyzing what's happening in the space. And we do do this. What's happening in the space, who are being successful in the space, and then how can we utilize those things for what we do? And uh, yeah, 100%. Like Beast is doing great stuff. You just got to start giving away money. Real talk. Yeah. Thanks. Play music and yeah. then give away yeah. a million dollars. Dude, a million bucks um, to giving you. Giving away money. Yeah. Yeah. Almost got fucking Andrew Yang elected. Right. It's true. <laughs> it's like, that's yeah. how influential it's, money is. It's always worked. <laughs> Literally it's never worked. doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like- we stayed home for two years because they gave us twelve hundred dollars. That's true. <laughs> yeah. like, that's all it takes to keep yeah. all of the world home. Just at home. Twelve hundred bucks is <laughs> yeah. nothing. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I want to make one patron a millionaire. <laughs> that's that's yeah. so good. So we're gonna give him or her a million dollars. Yeah. And the only chance you have is if you're a patron of ours. It's like, wouldn't you sign up of course, for $5, five bucks, a month yeah. to watch your favorite lottery. podcast yeah. you're already watching yeah, 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 yeah. for the chance to be a millionaire at the end of the year? Of course. So I'm like, do you think that we could increase our subscribers by over a million and then it's justified? It's a risk. It's a risk. Yeah. Man. It's interesting. But it's kind of fun. Yeah. And then worse comes worse. You get to give some kid a million fucking dollars. You That'd know, be nuts. Dad's on dialysis or some shit. <laughs> save his fucking life. Like, this is great. I mean, that would be, again, you talk about like qualification. That would go everywhere. Wouldn't that? Yeah. That story would go everywhere. Yeah. Andrew Schultz makes a kid a millionaire. We'd probably talk about that. Yeah. See? Yeah. Okay. So how would you guys, if I have this new special that's coming out, how would you guys release it? I would probably if you could put it anywhere. There's no rules. What would you guys do? I mean, I'm the most pro YouTube guy in the world. Yeah, you're interested in so, eyeballs or dollars? Dollars chase eyeballs is what I'm thinking. Dollars chase eyeballs. Yeah. So dollars. eyeballs, 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 eyeballs. YouTube. Okay. hundred percent. Like, I think there's no question. It's like, it's. But the, then how do I make back the seven figures I was paid to do it? How do I pay back that investor? Just is buy there them any out? culture of, there's no sponsored special. You don't want that. I mean, that's, I that's what I'm saying. Here, here's the I'm thing. It's like, you know, you spend seven figures. Like if there's a sponsor attached to it, mm -hmm. you make that back. Could we get a million that? from that sponsor? hundred yeah, percent. I think so. The right sponsor. What beast get for that sponsor for the squid game? Do you guys know? I mean, I know the whole thing cost him $3 million and I don't know what they paid him, but he covered his cost. So I, in my opinion, like it's worth looking, right? It's, it's worth looking. It's worth exploring with like a seat geek or you work with honey a lot. Like there, I, I would say like even a seat geek, I know it's like counterintuitive, but can you like pioneer the next version of what it, yeah. that experience it's is also like, like mm. which company wants to redefine what it means to release a comedy special? Yes. Because that has value to it. Yes. It's not just the dollars for the eyeballs. Can you mm. also like, that's a story for them to be like, Oh right. no, like we're the company of the future. Right. 100%. Right? So that so has another line item yeah. on top of. Yeah, and now every other comic that's putting out YouTube comedy specials, which is now a very popular way because you can build these audiences. Like you get all the views and you get to build your YouTube. Also, could they're you gonna like, want to? Yeah, for sure. Could you like um, do something crazy with either crowdfunding or like fractionalize the ownership of it? Now yeah, we're break a that down. Crazy. Right. So yeah. let's just say let's get a little crazy here. Let's say 
50% of this mm -hmm. special, the royalties that are generated by this special, whether through YouTube AdSense or if it gets syndicated, yeah. are, are up for sale. You buy in, you own a percentage of those royalties. Okay, so we're yeah. crowdfunding it now. There's yeah. 10,000 opportunities to buy in. And do yeah. we have a smart contract for this? Mm -hmm. Like, do we yeah, essentially it like NFT yeah. it? I mean, I didn't want to say it, but let's say yeah. NFT. Yeah, 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 I'll yeah, say yeah, it. Yeah, we're in the crypto yeah, world now. The, we're in the, the metaverse. NFT word, I think, is bastardized. Like, yeah. I yeah. think we just got to look at it as tech, not a picture sure. of a gorilla. Agreed, yeah. agreed. Yeah. So let's say you fractionalize the ownership, and now the audience, the 21,000 patrons, get first dibs if they want to own a piece. Right now they get to own a piece. Mm. Now it goes out on YouTube and they feel a sense of ownership. They're executive producers of the new Schultz special. Yeah, right? It's an active participation. It's a game. They're a part of it. Yes. Now someone picks it up. I don't know, Netflix, someone, I don't know who else would pick it up and say, I want to syndicate that. I actually want that now behind our paywall as an option, Amazon, Hulu, something like that. Those royalties then go out through and that 50% of those royalties get distributed to who bought in. Now they're, they're incentivized to share the special. Because they want it to do better on YouTube. They want more people to see it. <laughs> yeah, They're yeah, a part yeah, of it. Yeah, 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 so you yeah. just took your team who you and said could do anything. Marketing. And you made them marketing. Yeah. 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 I like this. Now we just have to prove that it can make the, the money back. Now, how do we make... We're not going to make seven figures easily on YouTube revenue for one video. No. So we're needed a sponsor. Sure. Mm -hmm. We're going to need to... There's an element of this crowdfund, right? But you can be transparent about mm -hmm. yeah. that. It's like, this is the amount we need to make. Like we have to make seven figures. Okay. Now here's yeah. another question. What is the amount that you hear a special made that's not through Netflix or HBO or one of these things that you hear that makes you go, what, what the fuck, what the fuck happened? What is that number? How much did Dave Chappelle make? For his Netflix specials? I think he's got like three for like 60 yeah, million. I was going to yeah, say. But he did it through 60, Netflix. Yeah. yeah. What if it was not through Netflix? It was just, you saw it on YouTube and mm -hmm. then there was a bunch of other like monetization strategies around it. What number makes you go, how did they, how did they make this amount? Five million. Five. I would be like, wow. That's impressive. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah. 10 is the number yeah. I think is, is, is the one that makes me go, what? Yeah. But five is also, five is five. like, huh? Five is like, damn, they did something. And then you know, 10 like, is, yeah. is like- what is going on, right? Yeah. yeah. But again, like you're, you're the people who are 10. in charge, like they're your audience and you can turn to them and say yeah. like, we're trying to do this. Yeah, 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 you yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. it's a risk, of course, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's a risk, but you could, you could mitigate the risk with a sponsor or with some other plan, but you got to take some risks. I'm all throw about some shit the out risk. there and be Love like, the let's risk. see how this goes. Love the risk. I just have, we did it with a production company. Mm -hmm. who's been great. So I want them to be, you know, part of this. Sure. And I also want to make sure that they make their money back because they took yeah. a risk on me, mm -hmm. you know? Um, yeah, this is interesting. This is, I don't know. We got to just do something different with it. That's the fun thing. It's not going to yeah. be fun if we do the same thing we've always done. Agreed. Yeah. We got to do something crazy. Mm -hmm. Also, if you create a habit of it over time, it could really, really grow. What do you mean by that? Like, like, let's say this is a model. You figure out some sort of new model. Yeah. Think about that model five, 10 years down the line, if you've yeah. done it again and again and again, and you have repeat customers, uh, there is a musician who's been releasing all of her music videos as NFTs. And she's not a huge musician, mm. but if you look at her track record of like, it's like exponentially growing every, every time she song. sells a yeah. music video. Yeah, it's crazy. Cause the culture is growing that it's like, this is how we as a community do it. Support her. Uh, now that will eventually have diminishing returns. Yes, sir. Cause like, I always wondered this with artists. Like why, when an artist gets popular, do people not kill them? Right. I've never wondered that. I've never thought of it. No, yeah. like, <laughs> like who's like a really popular artist. 
who's alive? Yeah. Like an artist, like a painter? Yeah. Uh, or let's say it's back in the day, like in Picasso still know. painting. Okay. Right. And you just bought a Picasso. Sure. Kill him. Right. Cause it gets more valuable. There's sure. no more Picassos. Mm. Yeah. Right. Like, it's so rare. you have to wait until Picasso's hits a level where you're like, holy shit, this guy's the truth. Mm. And then you kill him. And now every one of those Picassos is so valuable. I think th there's an overwhelming feeling around yeah. the logistics of killing someone. That I think yeah. stops that. Yeah. You know, I think you're overestimating. Yeah. I think if you're willing to kill for less. I think if you've already <laughs> killed for less. If, you okay. if you're at a point in your life where you could afford a Picasso. Yeah. And you're also interested in killing. Yeah. I think you're a rare breed. Yeah. And I think you'd be surprised how many people that own Picassos have actually murdered have, have killed. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I actually make the argument that they've killed they way they more than the rest of us. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Very comfortable with killing. Okay, all right, all Just right. lay off 50,000 yeah. people on a Monday yeah. morning. Yeah. Those are murderers. All right. Okay. Art collectors are murderers. Okay. So mm. just do the Good right take. killing. Mm. Right. Right? Be strategic at least. Yeah. Now, you shouldn't murder. But... That's good. I'm glad you said okay, that. We're going to call it open yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You shouldn't murder, but I'm just saying, like, don't we do this all the time? Like, don't, like oil gets expensive and then we go murder a bunch of people. And it's just like, it's the opposite. Yeah. It's like your painting is cheap. So, so you're. Break his hands. So, don't murder him. Break right, his right. hands. The risk of doing break his this model is that you might get, you get killed. Murdered. Yeah, you so might what? get killed. So your concern here is that you will I'm get I'm concerned they're going to murder this girl. The NFT musician. Yeah. I'm certain they're going to murder her because eventually got it, got it. she's yeah. making too many. It's like if they keep making too many bored apes, somebody's, somebody's got to go. Somebody's, gotta go. <laughs> somebody's got to go, right? Like, they're like, we're going to make some more apes. Like, are right. we though? You got an ape? No. You know, I'm, not you're yeah. I'm not against it. Yeah. I think what they've done is, is absolutely brilliant, to be honest yeah. with you. But, but that's also, yeah. NFTs are all social proof. Yeah, we, it's, this, this it's a blue check. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This yeah. is no social different, proof. right? And yeah, we need yeah. social proof. I'm, I'm wearing a fucking Rolex. Right. Oh. There's no different, right? I noticed, like, I noticed is, that, right? I tell you what, I exactly. didn't notice yeah. that. See? You yeah, don't, you don't know watches. I feel this yeah. table with you. Wow. But wait, what is that watch right there? This is a Samsung Galaxy Watch 2. 2. You even got an Apple watch, buddy? Come well, on. What's know. going on over here? Well, you know. We may or may not be sponsored by Samsung. Oh, my Samsung! Samsung, let's go! Yeah, so my favorite brand. <laughs> favorite brand. Best brand in the world. Oh, <laughs> Got <wow>. it! Yeah. <laughs>